Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode two of Grim Scenarios. I'm your host, Milk, along with my co-host, Emma. Hello, Emma. Milk, how's it going? How's your definitely Wednesday going? Yeah, my definitely Wednesday is going pretty well. Uh, nice and relaxing. Uh, holiday weekend type vibes, as it were. How about you? Yeah. Uh, this Wednesday is going great for me. Or it's going miserably. I can't tell you. It's a secret. <laughs> You'll, we'll know in a few days. <laughs> uh, what's going on with you? Anything interesting happening with you this uh, this weekend? Anything interesting you're looking forward to? Any games you've played or anything you want to talk about? Oh, you know. Um, I'm either very happy because the Celtics won on Monday or very sad because, as I predicted, the Heat won. I don't know really which is it is, but I'm sure I do know because it is Wednesday after all. Indeed. This happened Monday, of course. Of course. And I'm very excited because we had a very successful Tuesday night stream last night uh, where we had lots of fun playing some really, really great scripts. Uh, that's definitely what happened last night, which was Tuesday night, because today is, of course, Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, no, I was really impressed with the choices you and Samantha made in Game 2, and also the choices you and Sabin and I made in Game 1, which were, of course, all choices I've already witnessed and thought about. That's right. We've all both uh, seen and uh, watched and story told and played in those games at this point, because it is, in fact, Wednesday. That is certainly the day it is, Milk. <laughs> anyway, uh, we're going to launch off into episode two of Grim Scenarios now. Um, we are still tinkering with the format. I know last week we said we were going to jump straight to Zach and Violets. That was a lie. We're actually sticking on Trouble Brewing, and we're going to do two good character perspectives this game, this week. And then after that, we're going to move on to Sex Violets and then do each episode one evil, one good. But because we didn't think about this through or plan in advance, we're still doing two goods and two evils for Trouble Brewing. We're just doing them all evil, all good, and then we'll move on to another script. So total lies we told you last week, this week, I promise you, I'm probably telling the truth. Here's the thing, like, there's there's plenty to talk about on Trouble Brewing anyway. We'll probably return to Trouble Brewing from time to time because there's it's the most common script it's the script most people know and we can i think demonstrate a lot of elements of the game just using trouble brewing because there's some basic components there's some basic roles there's some basic um types of abilities that appear across all of the scripts that are easiest to understand or talk about or strategize with in trouble brewing partly because everybody knows them and partly also because you know, they're they're sort of the simplest form of those abilities. Yeah. Um, and we do want to show you good. We don't just want to talk about playing evil. We also want to talk about the tricky situations you can find yourself in when playing good. So we are going to do... Moving forward, our, again, our plan is probably to do one evil, one good a week. Um, this week we're doing two goods because last week we did two evils. Um, yeah. Well, so we wanted to thank everyone who supported and watched this. We got oh, over yeah, a thousand sure. views on YouTube. We got a couple hundred views on Twitch. I don't know the numbers for we got into the podcast apps, but I know Milk does. I think we got a couple hundred there. Yep. Yeah, we had. Uh, so, uh, I didn't. I didn't check for the last two days, but uh, uh, we had. We had about a hundred fifty. Uh, I think the last time I looked. Yeah. So for a debut episode of a podcast, like you know, getting fifteen hundred combined views and listens across all the platforms we released on, pretty exciting for me. Pretty exciting for Milk. Very exciting um, for me. We got a lot of positive feedbacks in the comment sections, and we're tra trying to take that all into account. But first things first. Let's go to the Grim. All right. All right, Milk. So this is final three on a Trouble Brewing. 
You Ooh. are set on seat nine. Seat nine. All right, I'm seat nine. And what's my role? You are the Slayer. So what I'm going to just go through is I'm going to go through the Order of the Night Deaths, and then when we're going to when we go through the Night Deaths, we'll talk a little bit about what each character is claiming and what your interactions with them have been. All right. All right, so we're going to start with Seat 6, who is your first execution. Seat 6 claims to be the chef. 6 claims to be the chef. And they claim to have gotten a 1. All right, and they claim to have gotten a 1. So the chef with a 1 was executed. Did they uh, offer themselves up as an execution? Uh, they didn't offer themselves up. They were a little bit resisting. They complained a little bit about killing day one rolls, but their pleas were not heard by town. Okay. Okay. Night two, seat three was killed. Seat three has claimed to be the librarian, and this is particularly of interest to you, because seat three told you that either you or seat 12 was drunk. Interesting. Okay. Next, we're going to move to our second execution of the game, which is Seat 7. Seat 7 has claimed to be the Recluse. All right. Seat 7 is the Recluse. And they were executed because of a claimed Empath 1 coming from Seat 8. Seat 8 is the Empath with a 1 on the Recluse. Okay, got it. So then we'll move on to the Night Death on Day 3. That right. was seat two, your Ravenkeeper. You had a sketchy conversation with the Ravenkeeper, in part because they claimed Slayer before they died. Interesting. After they died, they claimed Ravenkeeper, and they claimed to see Saint Four as the Saint. Seat Four is the Saint. Ravenkeeper mm -hmm. saw Seat Four as the Saint. All right. The next day, you executed Seat One. Seat One is claiming to be the Monk. They did not get a successful protection off while they were alive. Dead you haven't talked to Seat monk. 1 much this game. They've been avoiding you, you think. Hmm. Alright. Let me just look through my notes. Ah! Seat 12 died on night 4. They were the fortune teller. This is the information they've reported. And you trust them, but because of that librarian drunk thing, you don't know how you feel about their information. But got it. Here it is. They got a no on seats 11 and 1. A yes on seats 10 and 2. And a no on seats 4 and 9. Alright. Okay. After the fortune teller died in the night, you all executed seat 8, that empath claim. Seat 8 claimed to get a 1, of course, on you and the recluse. And then a 0 on you and seat 5. Zero on me in seat five. All right. See, there's our dead empath in seat eight. And then we have to do the night death for night five. That was seat five, who was cleared, of course, by your empath. Mm -hmm. uh, seat five is after their death. They didn't say this at all before, but after their death, they have hard claimed Undertaker. Okay. They have said they saw. The drunk on the chef. The chef was seen as the drunk. Mm-hmm. They say they saw the poisoner on... Sorry, 
the library, the recluse. Uh, no, the recluse. Yeah. Yes. And then they said they saw the poisoner again on the monk. Then they were killed. The Alright. Finally. The washerwoman in seat 11 was killed in the night. The washerwoman claims to have seen a soldier between seat 10 and seat 5. You took your slayer shot several days ago. You took it on day 2. You shot seat 4 because you thought something was off about your conversation. They're the saint claim, confirmed yeah. by the Raven Keeper. So there's our final three. You, seat 10, seat 4. The Slayer, the Soldier, the Saint. Wild. This isn't even that uncommon of a scenario. No. So, what are you thinking? Let's start. We're, we'll, we're going to eventually ask you to make a nomination. Sure. We're not going to simulate a vote because who knows if all these crazy people are voting. But we are going to try to get your thoughts and then ask you for who you nominate and who you think is the evil team. Okay, let's uh, start in. Um, let's let's start in the most obvious position here. There are three outsiders that are being pointed to on this grim. There is a mm -hmm. recluse in seat seven. There is a saint in seat four, and there's a librarian in seat three who is claiming to have seen a drunk between me in seat nine and the fortune teller in seat 12. So- and why is three a strange number? Uh, three is a strange number on a 12 player grimoire because in a 12 player grimoire, you should have two base outsiders and then you would uh, only add outsiders in trouble brewing if there's a baron, which would add two outsiders. Um, if there were a butler, a saint, and a recluse claim, then we might have a baron in the game because there could be a drunk that's hidden. Uh, the librarian, you know, might see them and then say, hey, there's a drunk out there. But um, in this case, we don't have a butler claim anywhere. There's no reason for a butler to hide their claim at this point in the game in Final 3. So there's no butler, which means one of seat 3, seat 4, and seat 7 is lying. Which one do you think is lying? Currently, um, I'm tempted to think that it's seat four, the saint claim that is lying. Um, the librarian seeing a drunk between me and the fortune teller makes some sense. If my shot didn't kill the saint claim, it's um, possible that I was the drunk in that. Um, but I think you said that the fortune teller saw had a no between me and seat four. So that's yes, kind of interesting. Seat two, you're also somewhat suspicious of, is insisting that the Raven Keeper who saw seat four is the saint. Now, that's true. Um, on the other hand, you told me that I took my shot very early in the game on the saint. You did. You took it day two. So there's a definitely a possibility here that seat two, who I'm suspicious of, who had a fortune teller yes on them, um, who died in the night uh, was an imp who star passed to a scarlet woman or star passed to, uh, didn't have to star passed to a scarlet woman, just star passed to a minion um, in seat four who had already been slayer shot and was likely not to have been the, you know, looks like they're not, not the demon basically because of fortune teller information or because of whatever. That 
puts us in a weird situation with the fortune teller information where the fortune teller has a yes on someone that I think might have been the demon who star passed. Uh, but uh, certainly a Ravenkeeper claim that died in the night that then claimed to have seen the saint on someone that I think is pretty sketchy is an interesting, it is an interesting proposition. Yeah. Now, of course, the fortune teller also got that guess on seat 10, who's still alive. Correct. And that's uh, obviously problematic because uh, seat 10 could just be the imp. There's almost no way for me to make a judgment about that in the current situation. Uh, we never got empath info on it. Who did the washerwoman, who was the washerwoman clearing? They're saying they saw a soldier between seat 10 and seat 5, and seat 10 is claiming the soldier. The washerwoman in seat 11 is just as vociferous as the raven keeper on seat 2 that their guy's not the demon. Right. So we've basically got two possible pairs of... Uh, we've basically got two possible pairs of star passes here. Uh, the washerwoman to the soldier and the raven keeper to the saint. Neither of those has to be a star pass, of course. Um, Do you consider all the possibility that seat 10, the imp, killed seat 11, their minion? That's a possibility. Good. Yeah, that's a possibility. Um, I mean, they certainly can't... So... You know, in in final four, with, with with four alive, the imp maybe would rather kill a minion than kill a um, kill a good player that looks pretty confirmed. Um, in this case, I think they'd want to kill me and frame the minion. Though I don't know why I would still be left alive here as a slayer that shot seat four. That's a bit interesting. Um, let's talk about the Undertaker's reads because I'm interested yeah. in that. Um, the Undertaker here has seen the chef as the drunk. That yes. puts the Undertaker at odds with the Librarian. Because the Librarian is either the drunk or has a drunk between myself and the Fortune Teller. Yes. Um, the Undertaker then sees a Poisoner twice. Once on the Recluse, which could be the Storyteller signaling to the Undertaker that there is a poisoner in the game that could be impacting information if the if the evil team seems to be doing well um, but certainly you could just show a poisoner on a recluse so there's really no there's really no you know there's nothing to really gain or draw from that um, then seeing a poisoner on the monk is very interesting i suppose the monk claim could have been the poisoner um, was executed here uh, mid-game which suggests later game information might have been good the empath's information seems correct so i think we probably believe the empath that the undertaker is good especially since the empath uh especially because the undertaker was killed after the empath cleared them so i think the empath and the undertaker are probably both good here i don't think the chef is drunk with a one which points more towards washerwoman and soldier um as an evil pair than uh ravenkeeper's uh saint but if the monk is the poisoner, monk Ravenkeeper can be an evil pair with the saint left over as the third evil who's not in the chef number. And a re again, a really good way to escape. Also, I have to have this sus continued suspicion about where the extra outsider is, right? We've still got this one extra outsider. So that's a problem I have to resolve. Yeah. Um... What are you looking for when you try to decide who you're going to vote on between seat 10 and seat 4? Obviously, you're not going to vote on yourself because, you know, 
You know, I know, I know I'm good. And and as a and as a good player, it's really, really, really important to remember you shouldn't vote on yourself in final three. That is not a good way to get rid of suspicion from yourself. You will just fucking look suspicious. Ooh, I shouldn't have cursed. That was bad. <laughs> Bleep that out later, I guess. Oh well. Yeah, no worries. Uh, you will just look really suspicious if you if you vote yourself in final three. You'll look like a minion. Don't don't vote yourself in final three ever. You you can't win that way. You can't win by voting on yourself as good in final three. So maybe just don't do that. So we've sort of talked about the claims and the mechanical information. What else are you sort of looking for as you make this decision? The social read is really important here. Uh, this would probably, in a real situation, be mostly off of social reads. Um, I've got the, the seat one claim not talking much, kind of being quiet, kind of being shifty. Um, if this is a newer player, you know, potentially that's a new player who's not really sure what to do with being an evil player. Uh, I've got the sketchy Raven Keeper in seat two with a, you know, with a fortune teller yes on them, which is pretty, which is pretty interesting information. Yeah, that's also on seat 10, you know, but it is what it is. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of socials that are suggesting that seat one and seat two are, are evil. Um, you said I had a bad read off of seat four. So again, there's, that's why you shot them. Yeah. I mean, and you can shoot a Saint claim as the Slayer, like mechanically, like it's not bad to shoot a Saint claim if you really have nothing else, because worst comes to worse, at least you, at least, you know, maybe they're not the starting demon, you know? Uh, here with the drunk ping on me, especially, that makes it a lot trickier to parse. I'm pretty suspicious of the saint here. Um, the only other place to be suspicious would be the librarian, um, who could be a poisoner showing a drunk or something like that. Like, could be an evil yeah. showing a drunk. But the again, librarian that... was the first night kill, though. So yeah, so you that really doesn't. Think the first night kills like they'd be the. Poison? I mean, that would literally just be the. That would literally just be the demon, you know, who's just star passes right out of the gate. So. I just don't think that's likely. It seems like the librarian is probably legit and either is drunk or I'm drunk. Um, mm. And that uh, the the chef one, if it's if it's correct, which I think it is, because again, I think I know where the real drunk is. If the chef one is correct, then it's probably between the monk and the raven keeper as the starting imp and the poisoner. The undertaker got a good read off of the poisoner after they were killed. Um, there's a lot of socials here that suggest it's those three players, one, two, and four, the monk, the raven keeper, and the saint. So, I mean, as I'm making a decision here, I'm really looking for information that suggests to me to look anywhere else, like to look at the, to look at the soldier as a potential kill. All I've got is one night of fortune teller information. They've got a washerwoman confirmation. Sometimes washerwoman is real, you know? They could be the they could be the spy who caught a washerwoman ping. Like, there's a lot of possibilities there. In in these worlds, so we talked a, a little bit about last time how trouble brewing, and we kind of made a joke about it. I think trouble brewing isn't solvable all the time. You're not always going to have the mechanical information to objectively solve the game, and it's going to come down to either a combination of social reads and what information you have, or it's going to come down to what you think you can convince town of. Um, what the most likely world seems. Lost a game oh, this oh. lost a game this week where the you know ten percent small possible world just happened to be the right one, and everybody knew it was a possible world. You know, it just it seemed less likely, and so everybody in town voted for the for the world that seemed more likely, which was unfortunately incorrect. So let's talk a little bit about the social reads we might be to get. So seat five, your undertaker is sort of withdrawn. They think they're the drunk. 
even though they saw the chef as the drunk and the librarian puts the drunk elsewhere, the undertaker says, my information makes no sense. I must be the drunk. Are you at all? They're sort of withdrawn from the game. They just, they're upset about being the drunk. I mean, I think, I think I need to, we need to encourage them that they're probably not the drunk, right? We've got a librarian who's seen a drunk elsewhere. I suppose the librarian could have been poisoned and the undertaker can be the drunk. But again, we have to start eliminating, like, we're only going to get about four minutes for this final day, four or five minutes for this final day to really discuss. We have to start eliminating the worlds that don't help us solve the game. The world, yeah. a world that doesn't help us solve the game is the undertaker being the drunk because it's too far back for us to backtrack information. If the librarian was poisoned and the undertaker is drunk, then, you know, rough rough day for us. You know, bad, bad day, the poisoner did their job. They made it look like the undertaker wasn't drunk. I think what's more likely is the poisoner hit the undertaker on night one and then stuck on the undertaker night two and then, or, and then we killed the, uh, and then we killed the poisoner uh, with our third execution and the undertaker saw. And let's, so let's keep going through. Seat six, your chef is trying to place their chef one, and they don't want to place another raven keeper. They think the raven keeper's good, so they're looking for their chef one, and they say, "I don't see it." I mean, the only other place for their chef one is the washerwoman and the soldier. I guess it could be me and the soldier if they really think that there's some reason for that, but I know it's not me, so we're just not going to entertain that world for this conversation. Uh, you know, I mean, you have to help people find where their information is going to work you know putting it between the monk and the raven keepers the place that makes the most sense and it might be wrong but you know they they need to they need to they, they need to look at the recluse and go okay well it's probably not either the recluse's neighbors right uh it's well they should know it's not them and you know i think the empath is pretty trustworthy here it seems seems to it seems to be well trusted so i mean they've really either got it between the monk and the raven keeper or the washerwoman and the soldier and they should vote based on that i'm i would encourage them to vote based on the world that i think is right but again you know they're gonna they're gonna make their vote based on which piece of information they think is right seat eight and seat seven have been bickering all game of course um, they have seat eight does not believe the recluse claim they think seat seven was in fact the poisoner and they're encouraging the undertaker to think they're the drunk yeah. Seven says, I am the recluse. I don't know why you don't believe your information. I mean, it, this happens in games sometimes. Players don't believe their information. Um, the empath's info seems good outside of this recluse. And something I often like to say when we get late in games is, hey, it doesn't really matter if seat seven or seat one is the poisoner, unless it helps us solve the game. Seat seven being the poisoner doesn't help us solve the game, right? It doesn't give us information that aligns with the chef number. It doesn't give us information that helps very much. So- And seat eight says, I think it does help us solve the game because seat seven's the poisoner and the chef one is seat 10 and 11. All right, I mean, that's that's a world that, that's a world that, you, that's a world that you can believe, you know, but ultimately that, you know, a recluse claim in a game with three outsiders, maybe that's the evil, maybe the saint is the good one. This isn't a this isn't a mechanically solvable game. If that's what the empath thinks, then they should vote off their information though. Oh, they say they're going to. Yeah, of course they are. And that's fine. I mean there's nothing uh, I can there there's, there's nothing I can do to is, there's nothing I can do to dissuade that. What do you think of their vehemence that C ten must be the demon? I don't I don't know. You know the 
maybe they got a bad social read. You know, maybe those two players have uh, ha had a conversation that just didn't work. Um, for, for me, you know, yes, seat seven, seat 10, and seat 11 works as an evil team. Seat one, seat two, and seat four works as an evil team. I have my social reads, which you, you told me, you know, yeah. they have theirs. It's sometimes gonna come, it's sometimes gonna come down to that. And trying to convince someone, ultimately, you know, in a, in a social deduction game, sometimes you have to look and say, hey, I can't necessarily convince this person of what I think. This is a game, we're playing the game for fun. Like this is a strategy podcast about how to do better at the game. But part of doing better at the game is letting people make mistakes. If they're convinced, if they're committed to this line of action, this course that they think seat 10 is the demon and we don't agree with them, you know, then yeah. so be it. They, they're gonna make their mistake or maybe I'm making the mistake. So it sounds like you've made your choice. Yeah, I mean, I think at this point, just looking at the information, seat 10 is certainly a viable demon candidate, right? The mechanical information allows for that to happen. But for me, with the social reads that you've given me, you know, with the information that I think is right, I can easily be the drunk who shot the demon, who is being confirmed by a star past i guess it could be the i guess it could be the slayer who shot him this fortune teller information is really weird the fortune teller information really makes it look like it's seat 10. Mm -hmm. have to find the drunk so if the librarian is just the drunk seat four is still could be the saint the recluse seat eight world right librarian yep. is the drunk recluse is the it's a viable world but yeah. in that world yeah the, so there that's the world librarian's the drunk yep recluse Lib is is evil saint is good evil together yep that yeah. is a world you have to consider it's a it's a world i have to consider but again you know we have we have the luxury here on our podcast of taking 20 minutes to talk through this you know in the in the re in the real world it's it's four or five minutes and i'm going to use my social reads to make that decision i'm going to use my information the fortune teller the fortune teller getting a yes on seat 10 a soldier makes a really convincing red herring um so i think this is what it comes down to for me i think the raven keeper can either be uh so let me let me run through it this way if i shot seat four Seat four either wasn't the demon at the time, or I'm the drunk. I've been seen as the drunk by the librarian. The night three death of the Raven Keeper in seat two, who was who had a fortune teller yes on them, um, can be a star pass to seat four, or can be. Poison, uh, no, not on night, uh, yes, on night three can be poisoned, still. The Undertaker gets a read. Yeah, there's just more info here, plus my social reads, to make it seem like the saint is the evil one. Okay, so is that your final choice? Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna nominate the saint here. I might, I might have this, I might have this backwards. Um, the soldier makes a good, very convincing red herring for the fortune teller to hit. I can be the drunk who shot an imp. There's, there's just more, you know, it's 60, 40, 65, 35. There's just more information here that suggests to me 
that the that the saint in seat four is the evil one. And I might have gotten it wrong. But I'll nominate, nominate seat four. You nominate seat four. And we'll pretend seat four was executed. Let's go to the Grim. <laughs> Alright, let's start, of course, with you. You are the sober and healthy slayer. Interesting. Your shot on seat four did not kill them. Because they were not the imp. Seat three, your librarian, was in fact the drunk. Classic drunk librarian getting Easy. pings on two sober players, you and the fortune teller. Let's go over to seat six. The chef with a real one. Maybe. We'll stop by seat one, who you correctly sussed out was the poisoner. That double poisoner information on the Undertaker smells very much like Seed 1's the poisoner. Looks like Seed 1's the poisoner. So you got that right. Seed 1 was the poisoner. That's why they were scared of you. They were afraid of your C-minus social reads. C-minus social reads, everybody. (laughs) Uh, That's a joke. That's a joke. It's a joke. (laughs) Milk is a very good social reader. Um, It's a joke from... Someone said about milk. No, that was your mechanical skill. Sorry, you're not C minus mechanical, B plus social. (laughs) Let's see. Let's go over to your Undertaker. Hugh correctly sussed out, was just getting weird information because they were poisoned when they saw the chef. Registering off seat seven, the recluse, when they saw the poisoner and then saw the actual poisoner. The poisoner didn't didn't in fact stand the Undertaker. They moved off to poison kill the Raven Keeper. They poison killed the Raven Keeper, allowing the Raven Keeper to see true information on seat four or false information. Seat eleven is your washerwoman, who was sober and healthy when they saw seat ten as the soldier, because seat four was the starting Scarlet Woman. The one thing you missed. That empath who was super confident that the demon was C10? They were no empath. Empaths aren't real, Milk. They were the starting (laughs) imp. Empaths aren't real. (laughs) (laughs) They were the starting imp who was trying to get you onto their world. They were trying to get you onto the world that they wanted, which was you to not execute their Scarlet. That's not that's not bad. I mean, that's pretty close. Sometimes sometimes it's okay to get it pretty close too. (laughs) You got it very close and you got the demon. Uh, You. There was subtle hints that seat eight was up to something no good when they kept trying to knock you off your world, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, but people will do that. Like people will get stuck on a world and they won't mm-hmm. want to. They won't want to change. And I maybe maybe in real life, like with a real person, I would have had a social read that was more more suspicious. You were pushing on it a little bit, but you know that can just be a stubborn player or a player who just really thinks that their information is the right one. Yeah, your your hints on the starting imp situation was, of course, the chef one from seat six. Yeah, yeah, I should have I should have seen the I should have seen the 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 imp recluse. Uh, that was that yeah, was with, that was with the Scarlet Woman in play. The storyteller was cheeky and registered the recluse and the imp as a chef there. That's a pretty good that's a pretty good registration on the on the recluse there. Yeah, still pretty pretty good. Uh, you know, I mean, the Ra- Raven Keeper did look sketchy. Raven Keepers often look sketchy. Uh, mm-hmm. Where was the where was the red herring? Was it on the Raven? Red Keeper? herring was the soldier. It was the soldier. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So, good. but it could have been the Raven Keeper. Hey, that wasn't too bad. Actually, I did all, I did yeah. all right there. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, fortune teller red herrings are very tough, and sometimes they end up on a player who just is irrelevant to the game, which is really unfortunate for the evil team. Yeah. Maybe it's the player who gets executed day one. Maybe it's the player the demon kills in the night first. Um, 
At this time, the storyteller decided to put it on the soldier, which was, you know, an attempt to create a durable red herring. Yeah, that's nice. I mean, that that means that the red herring is going to last for a while unless town kind of gets, you know, gets aggressive on, on pushing on them or if they get in a double claim or something. This is a cool grim. This was a really, really interesting grim for me. I really enjoyed this one. Well, hopefully, yeah, yeah. hopefully you all learned something. <laughs> yeah, one of the one of the things here is I often tell players don't doubt your information. In this case, your information was, of course, that seat four wasn't the demon because you shot them with a slayer. Shot. Yeah, but you had so many reasons to doubt your information here. Yeah, and you that's public information. Drunk... Also, my right. slayer shot is public information. I can't hide that. You, it's a the drunk ping. It was early, which gives the evil team plenty of team time on trouble brewing to move the imp to a slayer shot player, like. Uh, something we talked a little bit about last week, um, which I think I, listening back on the podcast, I didn't explain myself super well, is when a player slayer shot and survives, it's just, and the demon doesn't kill them, something's weird about that. Um, and in this case, you shot the saint, and despite that, the evil team was never interested in killing the saint. Yeah, that's odd, which right? Is, which is odd. <laughs> it's a very odd thing. Why is this confirmed not demon di- not dying in the night? Precisely. It's probably because they're evil. Yeah, or something, something's, something's up with that, for sure. Let's talk about... It's possible... Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. No, it's possible the imp just wanted the same wind condition to stick around, but it's more possible that <laughs> they're just evil. Something we said last week uh, that I thought was very interesting was people don't want to kill saints. People are very hesitant to kill saints, and evil teams mm-hmm. leave saints alive late game quite often, even though the wind condition no longer necessarily has value um here it looks pretty suspicious that the slayer shot saint is still alive and you saw you saw through that you saw through that there was no star pass of course because with the scarlet woman you don't need to star pass as evil you can let yourself get executed which is what the empath did here yep and and that's that's uh really important to remember um the imp's ability is really powerful um and one of the ways it is powerful is it creates uncertainty about players who die at night, right? It makes those players look less uh, trustworthy. It makes their information look less trustworthy. And uh, so that's an, that's an extremely powerful part of the imp's ability. Yeah, and here it happened to backfire on the evil team a little bit because the fortune teller hit the raven keeper the same way as they hit the red herring. Yeah. The Raven Keeper, so the Raven Keeper, the demon, yes, the poison killing the Raven Keeper, even though the Raven Keeper got the poison information confirming the Scarlet Woman exactly like the evil team was probably hoping for. Yep. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, I want to talk about Slayer for a second, if that's, uh, if you yeah, don't mind. Absolutely. Take a, let's, talk. let's talk about Slayer. I, I want to know where you stand, Emma, on, on abilities like Slayer. Slayer's a great example from Trouble Brewing, but there's other examples of kind of once-per-game abilities um, that run throughout Blood on the Clock Tower. Um, where do you stand on holding or using um, um, abilities? Because obviously, if I still had my Slayer shot here at the end of the game and had held on to it, right, it's so powerful in this situation. Shoot one, kill the other one if they don't die, you know? Yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> once per game abilities are a bit of a game of chicken. Um, like, the longer you're alive with the once per game ability, the more powerful it is. Like, a seamstress who's alive on final three, like, they can if they haven't used their ability yet they wake up that night they use their ability they check one of the other living players and they learn if they're good or evil basically yep it's pretty um, they, pretty strong it's incredibly strong a artist who asks their, who holds their question to final three they just go to the story and say hey is c10 the demon the storyteller says no artist comes back and says let's kill c4 c10's not the demon the storyteller just told me 
yep. um, Slayer as well, like you said. You had, still had your shot, you could shoot one of these people. In this scenario, I didn't want you to still have your shot because I wanted the shot to be partially clearing the Scarlet Woman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and I also mean, because most most players chicken out of holding their ones per games till the very end. It yep. looks people think it looks suspicious. Um, like sometimes with a Slayer, sometimes even when people trust a Slayer, they'll nominate and put the Slayer in the block to bully them into using just their shot. Just try to force the shot. Yeah. Evil um, will do that too. Evil, good and evil will do that. They yep. want the shot used. Yep. Um, because it helps them with their world building and helps them try to figure out what they want to do. Also, if there's a late game poisoner who's still around, right, there's possibilities for how how that could impact your ability to use your your Slayer shot uh, or your once per game ability as well. I, I'm much I'm very much of a mid game uh, once per game yeah. ability kind of user. I, if if I don't use my Slayer shot on the first two days and I get killed, you know, it's a bummer, but it's not. It's not really the end of the world. It it's a piece of information we could have had that we didn't, and I got greedy and tried to hold it. But you know, around day three, boy, that Slayer shot is so strong. Like, wow, you've got you know, you're down to six or seven players, and I mean, you might just you might just hit the demon. Like, one out of six is pretty good, you know. And you probably have one or two people you trust, so it might be one out of four or one out of five. Uh, there's a there's a text server where. Milk and I are play some text games because we're clock tower nerds. Where I'm part of the co-storytelling group for the Teensies. And we played a Teensville with a Slayer and a Psychopath. So the Psychopath kills someone day one. And on a Teensie, that means from the Slayer's perspective, there's only three demon candidates. Because they're not the demon. The person the Psychopath killed isn't the demon, and the Psychopath's not the demon. That's right. Like, if you can get, even in that situation where you can eliminate half the Grim as a demon candidate, your Slayer shot is incredibly powerful. Slayer in that game shot the person they thought was most suspicious of those other three on day one. It was the demon the evil team lost. Game's over, yeah. And the even if you over. don't and even if you don't hit the demon, now you're on a fifty fifty in a in mm -hmm. a six you know in a six player game, you're probably gonna kill one of those two people next. So Exactly. But like, you know so like the the, because these powers get exponentially powerful, I don't advocate using most any of them day one. The one exception I'll do is Seamstress. Seamstress I'll frequently make my check night one when I wake up. Something we should talk about actually on uh, S and V uh, is uh, where Seamstress uh, lives, um, is that you might want to hold it because there might be twins, and Seamstress yeah. really, really, really solves for twins very, very well. So That's true. In the S and V, it's very useful to hold it for a day to see if there's twins. But, um, but with we'll talk artists, about that when we get to SMB. <laughs> yeah, with Artist, Fisherman, Slayer, which are the other very powerful ones per games, I tend to try to hold those for at least two or three days before I do anything with them. Yeah, and I agree. I agree with that. Those are those are like, all you're going to get better stuff out of them the longer you hold them. I I would love to hold these till final three, but like you Probably need not. a lot of you need a lot of trust in your ability to stay alive in that particular game. And so, like, if you want to go that route, I don't think it's a bad route. But you have to really try to balance how you're doing and yeah. uh, read the scrim well and realize, am I looking? You have to try to get in that nice middle ground of not being too good or not being too evil. It's pretty hard to because walk that you, line. Yeah, yeah, but you have to walk the line so the town doesn't want to kill you, but neither does the evil team. And if you yeah. can get there, um, you can hold your, it for even longer. But I like to say day three is my target for stuff like Fisherman Artist Slayer. For sure, for sure. Um, used the day two here because that was the scenario. Also, you were worried you were drunk and didn't think it mattered. Um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 going to be situational, right? Use it when you think it's necessary. Don't hold it 
you know, unnecessarily, if you see an opportunity to slay or shoot a saint, a soldier, clear something, and you think it's worth doing, go for it. Yeah. Uh, so let me go. We're gonna go take a little break. We're gonna take uh, jump to the to the little uh, little uh, you know intermission screen here for a second, and then we'll come back and we'll do another one. Okay. Can they hear us on the intermission screen, though? Uh, yes, they can hear us on this intermission screen. I need to jump to a different intermission screen. <laughs>
Alrighty, welcome back everybody. So we're gonna jump into scenario number two here. This is gonna be Emma's scenario. And Emma, I'm gonna give you a whole bunch of information here. Um, okay. And well, uh, it's a Wednesday, which is a great day for that. That's right. Still, still Wednesday, a day filled of information. And for you, Emma, in seat seven, it's Washerwoman Wednesday. Washerwoman Wednesday. That's a fun one. It's a Washerwoman Wednesday for you, my friend. Okay. You're the Washerwoman, and on night one, you were shown, uh, you were shown the uh, uh, empath. Mm-hmm. And you were shown an empath between seat 11 and seat 6. Seat 11 and seat 6. Yep. And uh, on uh, between day 1 and day 2, I'll leave it I'll leave it to your discretion on some level, but between day 1 and day 2, you uh, confirmed you conferred with both of those players and you got a hard claim from both of them. The player in seat 11 is uh, claiming to be the empath. Mhm. Mm and uh, is uh, and is is apparently your ping, and the player in seat six is claiming to be the butler. Ooh, fun! Yes. Uh, uh, am I going to men and milk that he's going to try to force me to kill a butler? Wouldn't Wouldn't you like to know? Uh, <laughs> you've You've had a number of conversations throughout the game. Uh, we're down to final five, um, mm -hmm. and I'm gonna I'm just gonna walk you through step by step some of the things that have happened. So. Uh, on day one, uh, the town executed in my game, as well as your game, the chef in seat 12. Okay. The chef uh, is claiming to have a zero. Chef zero, love it. Yep. Uh, in uh, seat uh, that night, uh, the, the demon uh, killed the player in seat nine. The player in seat nine claimed to be the investigator. Ooh, the invest Ooh that's super powerful. Indeed, and, and the investigator saw a scarlet woman between the player in seat eight and the player in seat three. Ooh, hoo, hoo. This is, so the reason I say that's super powerful is people who die in the night, even though on trouble bearing, the, it can be an M-star passing, but people who die in the night, especially early, very are very very likely to be good with good information and because of that um town really tunneled in on the players in seat eight and seat three the player in seat eight uh has been uh claiming mayor since the very beginning of the game the player mm -hmm. in seat three did not want to divulge their role uh, but claimed to have an important and useful townsfolk role town executed the player in seat eight, who was claiming mayor on uh, on day three. And in the night, the player in seat three died. Ooh. Fascinating. Um, so that's, yeah, that's something interesting for you to ponder. The following day, the town decided that they had had enough of the player in seat five and executed them. They have since claimed to be the soldier. Okay. That night, the player in seat four died. They claimed to be the Raven Keep. They have, the next day they uh, wake up and claim to be the Raven Keeper who looked at you 
and has confirmed that you are, in fact, the washerwoman. Okay. Um, the rest of town trusts you. The remaining claim, uh, which I believe is seat one, is the saint. Okay. Seat two is the fortune teller. The fortune teller is still alive. Okay. The fortune teller has checked predominantly dead players at this time, but has a yes ping on seat 10 and a yes ping on seat six. Okay. Independent. Are we in six alive? Uh, sorry, uh, a yes ping on seat 10 and a yes ping on seat six and seat one independent, excuse me. Okay. Uh, the ping with seat six was with uh, your empath. Uh, so seat 10 and 11 are a yes, and seat one and seat six are a yes. So good. Right, four so, fortune teller yes is still alive. Yep. So you're you're on you're on six alive, and I'd like to know uh, I'd like to know a little bit about what you're thinking about the Grim currently. Uh, did seat three claim at all after they died? Seat three claimed to be the monk. Oh right, sorry, I missed that. So no we problem. have chef zero, and is seat ten offered any sort of public claim? Yes. Oh, seat ten has claimed to be the recluse. Interesting. So we have a chef, a saint, and a butler. That suggests baron or evil faking baron. Indeed. We have a living fortune teller and empath, which is a bit odd. I have not been very persuasive in this game because I would have certainly been trying to kill the fortune teller. Yeah, nobody's really been listening to you until now because now you're Ravenkeeper confirmed. So now and that you're Ravenkeeper am... confirmed, everybody really wants to know what you think, and the town really wants to push on the people that you think are evil. Right. So the yeses are on the recluse and the empath together? Correct. And then the saint and the butler together? Correct. Interesting. What do you the think? Investi the investigator... And the monk died in the night after we executed the mayor. Yeah, so the, the investigator died in the night, then you executed the mayor, then the monk died in the night. The investigator saw Scarlet Woman between the mayor and the monk. Town was pretty convinced that the mayor was the Scarlet Woman. Socially, anyway. Socially, they think the mayor's the Scarlet Woman. So they think that's good information. They don't think there's a drunk there. They don't think that the investigator is drunk. You're all, but most of town seems to think that you've got a dead evil between seat eight and seat three. Okay. And you are not you the drunk me? because the Raven Keeper saw you as the washerwoman. Yeah. Uh, the world where I'm the drunk is specifically it's a Baron Poisoner game and the Raven Keeper was poison killed, allowing the drunk to be seen on me. And because I'm drunk, I was shown a demon puff between two evils. Yep. Which is a world. It's, it's a world we have to consider at this point. It's very weird that neither my washwoman confirmation nor me are dead, especially with my washwoman confirmation claiming a powerful townsfolk role, which reminds me, what numbers is the empath reporting? The empath got a uh, zero on night one and has had consistent zeros since then. A zero on night one and consistent zeros since then. Correct. Sitting next to the recluse. Sitting next to the recluse. Interesting. So, you know, from seat 
Eleven's perspective, this should be an easy game. The evil team is seat two and seat six. Yep. Uh, um, probably seat six is the minion there, right? Seat two is just pushing on a minion. Yeah. Uh, in, in seat eight is the other minion. We can all wrap this up, go home, have some falafel. I mean, you trust seat eleven, right? No. Oh. <laughs> I do normally trust my information, but a washroom in with a consistent zero on a recluse is very tough to take seriously. You mean an empath? Or an empath with a consistent zero on a reckless is very tough to take seriously. It's not impossible. I want to be very clear with that. It's not impossible in the least that the empath is good and the storyteller is giving them a zero on a reckless to make them look suspicious. Like, if you're going to watch them in a confirmation, confirm an empath, you might want to do something else to make them look suspicious. So something is going on, you think, between seat 11... Uh, with the empath information, which you have a washerwoman confirmation on, and seat 10, the recluse uh, claim, uh, who's not being pinged by the empath. Yeah. What do you think about uh, the saint in seat 1, who's also in the zeros? Uh, the saint in seat 1, who's also in the zeros. It's again, it's a bit odd the empath doesn't want to push on the saint. Well, the empath thinks that the the empath thinks that the evil team is, as you said, seat eight, seat two, and seat six. Right? They're getting yeah. zeros. Nobody near them is evil. It's going right, great. No, the recluse but... is only pinging as the recluse is only pinging as good. I'm assuming, but what if you assume the empath is evil, and they're probably either the spy or I got two evils because I pinged off the spy somewhere. The fact that an evil player doesn't want to put an empath one on either the saint or the recluse is weird. Well, I'm, I'm going to make it a little bit spicier for you, uh, because I do, I do want, I do want to try to give us a little bit of pressure here. So let's simulate a little bit of pressure. Town, uh, the living townsfolk agree to vote for whoever you nominate today. Mm. So the real question is, is whether you've decided to put me in a situation where I'm reading the butler as evil, socially because of the night kills and because of what's going on with the empath. And you're trying to force me to kill a butler. Milk, are you trying to force me to kill a butler? I mean, I'm just asking I'm just asking what you think is going on with the butler. What do you think is going on with your information, Emma? Oh, I think I pinged off a spy. You think you've pinged off a spy? And how would that work? For uh, the audience I'm, at home, what, what would be a way yeah, that you could ping off of a spy? The spy can register as a townsfolk or an outsider. Um, I think in this particular grim scenario, uh, it's highly likely either the empath or the butler is the spy. This is a bit of a medical. It's a bit of a medical on what makes for an interesting podcast topic. <laughs> but it's also a medical on the empath information. The empath information is a bit incoherent. It's not fully incoherent. Um, but it's a bit odd. Um, it's a bit odd they're still alive as a washerwoman confirmed empath who's apparently locked down the evil team. Amazingly powerful empath information. Yeah. And it just, it, it raises the smell test. I agree. Like, it's quite, I'm it's not, quite stinky. <laughs> I'm not saying the empath is necessarily evil. And like I said, you should generally trust your reason, your information until you have a reason to not trust it. But there's a lot of red flags here telling me not to trust my information. One is, of course, the empath is alive and I'm alive. Which is a suggestion that the evil team isn't worried about this confirmation pair for whatever reason which is wrong. 
evil teams should be worried about confirmation pairs. Those should be priority kills. Um, because those are people who aren't the demon. Unless they're evil together. Or a spy. Or there's a spy involved. Or a poisoning involved. Um, and who I want to nominate really depends on whether I think it's a spy game or a poisoning game. I don't think it's a Baron game. And the reason I don't think it's a Baron game is I think probably the Butler and the Empath are both evil. And I think at least one of the Saints and the Reckless are evil because of the Empath information. Alright, that makes some sense to me. So, if it's a Poisoner game, the Butler's probably the demon. Because the butler is sat next to me, and I was probably poisoned to give me the poisoned ping on the evil players. Sounds right. If it's a spy game, it's a bit trickier. If it's a spy game, if I'm the demon, you can probably guess that I'd probably bluff butler over empath, or at least I would have when I was newer at the game and had less established metas with people. At this point, I might have to be forced to bluff empath just because in groups I play with, it's very suspicious when I claim Butler. For whatever reason. <laughs> Nobody I knows don't why. Know why. <laughs> I don't know why. Sometimes I'm just the Butler friends. Um, but, like, for a lot of players, Demon will feel more comfortable with an empath left than a Butler. Okay. Which is a meta and a social call. Why Why that? Why, why, take, a, why take a townsfolk role, a powerful information role, over something like a Butler, an outsider role? Uh, especially with newer players, especially at like conventions and situations where you might run in outside your established playgroups, um, which I think is the more useful thing for this scenario, because, or for any of the things we talk about in this podcast, because in your established playgroups, a lot of these meta calls and um, mechanical stuff is going to fall flat in the face of, that's what Milk does when he's evil. That's, that's, <laughs> that's the Sabanite evil tell. Ryan's not doing his Ryan questions and listing the 16 players he thinks are good in a 10-player game and the two players who are there for evil. Yeah. <laughs> like, your social tells are going to become more prominent. Everybody has their know. own tells and reads, you know. <laughs> exactly. And as you, as you play socially with more people, you're, the, these tells are going to come predominant over the mechanical and metacalls over bluffs. But in like a convention situation, in like a new player's night situation, in a public server, if you're hosting Clock Tower in your community for the first time, you're excited, um, you want to make these meta calls. Uh, demons tend to think that claiming powerful townsfolk roles will make town not want to kill them, they'll want to kill expendable roles instead. And that works like, for a couple of days. Yeah, and there's and there's like a curve. There's a curve of Clock Tower where, that's, where players start to, on that curve as you get more experience. You get more into, eh, let's kill, let's, you can fall off that. And then there's probably an, another curve at the end where you get back to sort of, eh, we can just kill expendable roles and see what happens. But, you know, also as you get developed in that end, like, you'll start making your own personal cause of what you want to do. There are some players who will never want to kill someone just to, like, get them confirmed by an undertaker. Um, they'll ra they'd rather trust their social reads and if they think someone's good, they're not going to want to kill them to confirm their Undertaker. They'd rather confirm them by their social reads, which is sort of where I like to play. And I think you and I um, both kind of agree, uh, especially in the realm of uh, early in games, I don't really want to kill people that want to die. Like, people yeah. who offer themselves up to die, you know, people who are offering themselves as a sacrifice to town or whatever. Like, I'd rather kill somebody who doesn't want to die, even if that means I might kill a powerful information role or a useful ability. 
it's just it's just better because evil's not going to be on day one going hey kill me let's get seven eight votes on me you know that's just that's not likely yeah. to help the town in the long run so but my meta call is this is not a barren game my meta call is that evil is blocking at least one probably two outsider rolls to sell a barren game my meta call is that i'm either poisoned or saw a spy and it's probably either a spy scarlet woman game or poison or scarlet so that means there's no Baron, which means there's something going on with the Outsiders. Exactly. Which so. makes me think that the evil team is the Empath, the Butler, and one of the Recluse and the Saint. And I'm in a dangerous three evil alive situation where there's no way, real mechanical way to distinguish them from the demon because the fortune teller has a yes on all the possible evils. What I do have to distinguish them again is this medical that most demons are gonna feel safer bluffing Empath than bluffing Recluse or Butler. Saint's a little different, but my meta call here is the evil team is most likely the Butler, the Empath, and the Recluse. And the reason the Empath didn't change the number to one on the Saint is because that would they are protecting the Recluse. My guess is the Recluse is the Scarlet Woman, the Butler's the Spy, and the Empath's the Imp, and I'm willing to kill them here. Okay. So, so I'm going to nominate the Empath. So you, you nominate the player I'm confirming. You nominate the Empath, and town uh, all uh, all of town votes along with you. The the Saint, the Fortune Teller, the Butler, you, and the Recluse all vote on the Empath. And the Empath says vociferously that they are not the demon, that they are not evil, uh, but with five votes, the Empath is executed and dies. Uh, the following night... The saint dies. Okay. And now you're on final four. The game continues. The game continues. And I have to make another call here. And town, call another... the fortune teller is now decidedly thinking that um, the fortune teller is now decidedly thinking that the raven keeper was drunk and that the that uh, you're evil, you're the demon. Uh, they don't know why their information is wrong. There's a poisoner, but basically they just they just are going down all sorts of random worlds. They're tunneling on you and um, they're not being very helpful. And the other two players are, seem to be just happy to let it happen. Interesting. So the other world we have to consider is that I was sober, the empath was real, and the recluse is the spy. And in that world, fortune tellers, the demon, and there's three evils alive. There's definitely something going on with the outsiders. Yeah, there's no doubt. At least one of these outsiders are evil. I'm still my inclination is still they're both evil. The fortune teller tunneling on me all of a sudden seems like a good player in a spiral more than it seems like an evil player. Okay. But I could be wrong there. I really could be wrong. So it seems like you're down to the same 50-50 that I was on. Yeah. So what does town do here? What's a good choice for town when you're in this situation, when you're not sure if there's three evils left alive? Um, the two outsiders seem happy to go to sleep 
the fortune teller doesn't want to go to sleep, the fortune teller wants to push on you. Wanting to push on me is a bit of a minion play at the fortune teller's part, but it's also a scared good player. I think either way, the fortune teller is not the kill here. The kill okay. is either sleep or kill one of the recluse and the butler. And, and my inclination is to kill the recluse. But I don't want to be caught in a trap of a medical where Milk designed the scenario to force me to kill the butler when I don't like killing butlers. No, I wouldn't set up a scenario to help you kill, to make you kill a butler. I would never you do that. You absolutely would do that. That's never, a medical on Milk. <laughs> never do that. I'm, I, I don't hate butlers that much, do I? It's an absolute medical on Milk. Sleeper, sleeper kill, Emma. I trust the fortune teller. I'm good sleeping. And if it's wrong, it's wrong. Fortune teller dies in the night. Final three. Washerwoman, recluse, butler. Th that was a solid bluff, Milk. <laughs> pretty good. I think that was pretty good. Thank you very much. I, it was a I solid can make bluff. a social play. <laughs> it was a solid bluff, but I read right through. So you read right we're, through. we're just confirmed on my read that the evil team is the empath that recluse in the butler. Okay. Uh, we just have to decide which one. It's the 50-50 I had last time, Emma. It's the 50-50 you had last time, except for in this case, they're both evil. Neither of these players are good. Okay. Someone is drunk. Someone is drunk. And it's the chef. It's the chef Probably. who's drunk. No, it's the investigator who's drunk. The chef is sober because it's a spy game. The investigator is drunk because their pings are all good. Okay. Because the reckless and the butler are both evil. So it's at this point I should tell you, Emma, that this is a real scenario that I actually story told uh, for some new players about two weeks ago. That's even more fun. <laughs> yeah. I thought you'd like that. This one, this one's real, more or less. I, I modified it slightly, but it's basically real. The, the, the crux of the problem that you're encountering is real. So we've got a recluse and a butler. You're pretty sure they're both evil. Your empath ping may, may be evil, who's been putting zeros on a recluse the entire game. A chef yeah, with a zero the, and a lot of dead people. The, the call is, again, it's back to whether this is a spy or a poisoner game. If it's a poisoner game, it's the butler. If it's a spy game, I think it's probably the recluse. And I think the empath is probably the spy. And the recluse is probably, is probably the demon. Your nomination. Nobody else seems interested in nominating. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Neither of these evil players want to nominate. <laughs> uh, you know what? We've gone through this. Uh, I'm going to stick to my moral and social guns, which is Milk isn't doing this to me with a butler. He would want to. He would want to tempt me to think he was doing this to me on a butler. I'm nominating the recluse, and if I'm wrong... I'm fine with it. You nominate the recluse. I'm sure most of the townsfolk will follow your lead because they all trust you. The recluse is executed and dies. And I'm going to have to put the grim information in here really quickly. So I kind of have to, like, I can't send it to you without revealing it to the, to the, to the people who are watching. So I'll go through it as I put the information in here and then send it, send it along to you. 
your read on this is very, very strong, Emma. Um, let's just go around. Uh, the chef uh, is the actual chef with a zero. Uh, the zero is correct on this Grim. Uh, the saint is, in fact, the saint uh, and was killed in night because they were a confirmed outsider, of course. Uh, the fortune teller was killed because you seem to trust them so much. After the Scarlet Woman in seat eight, let's change this character to Scarlet Woman. After the Scarlet Woman in seat eight, who was seen by the sober, reclu uh, sober investigator in seat nine, died, the demon decided to go ahead and off the monk in seat three. Uh, that was because there was a spy in this game, Emma, and the spy gave the Grim to the to the demon. As we mentioned last week, sometimes you just kill a Raven Keeper and see what happens. And the demon did just that without bothering to poison the uh, Raven Keeper because they had no poison. Uh, so the Raven Keeper got to confirm you. The soldier in seat five was in fact the soldier just being a little bit suspicious as soldiers do, which brings us to the butler in seat six, who was in fact the spy. The spy registered correctly for you as the empath, while the empath, of course, the poor drunk empath registered incorrectly for you, the washerwoman. So you got a ping off of a spy, which is exactly what you thought. This of course only leaves us with the imp the one and only imp sitting in seat 10, and I will send you the Grim, my friend. We mostly got it right. Yeah, you, we both mostly got these right. We got the right result in the end, even though some of the logic was a little bit off, right? And that's okay, because sometimes you don't know everything exactly correctly. Sometimes you intuit some things wrong, or you get a piece of the puzzle wrong. But ultimately, I think you kind of had a good sense that there was something wrong with the empath's information and that makes the recluse look suspicious you didn't quite catch that they were the drunk but this was a real situation that i actually had in a new player game where i showed a washerwoman um a an empath uh, who was sitting next to the demon uh as a as their role uh, as as a, as an empath in a in a ping with a spy uh because the empath was drunk sitting next to the demon it's a it's a classic trick i've done it several times uh, yeah I ran a game on TPI a few months back where I decided to see what if I made TP a Vortox game <laughs> where all information was wrong. So part of that was the drunk fortune teller was seen by the washerwoman against the spy and the fortune teller got yeses on everyone who wasn't the deep yep. or their red herring. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, it's a neat trick you can do is show the spy and the drunk. The spy knows what's up and that gives the spy freedom to bluff. They know that the other player is going to be and this is something evil teams probably don't do enough, which is try to fake barren worlds. Um, it's pretty easy to do if you have a spy. In fact, you should probably do it if you have a spy in play and there's no baron in play. Um, but having two evils bluffing as outsider at the same time is very unusual. That's empowered here by the imp getting uh, recluse as a bluff and the spy getting the grim and knowing that there's no baron in play. Mm. But we saw through but of course we saw through it. So any other thoughts about this one, Emma? I hope this one was, was uh, interesting enough for you, not too tricky yeah, or yeah. too challenging. No, no, it was interesting. I did worry that I had gotten it wrong and you had put the imp as the, in the butler bluff to mess with me. But you know, had to make the medical. I mean, we both we both won the 50-50s that we made too, which is pretty nice, I think. Uh, nice nice yeah. feeling for both of us there. Yeah. Um, like I said, if it was a spy game, you had to kill it to see 10 and 11. Of course, of course. Not even a question. No. 
you know, the the tricky thing here, of course, was I didn't have the legit social read on C-Date. I just had Milk's description of it. And it's very, like, I've seen lots of towns assume someone's evil, assume a dead player they've executed is evil, and just be wrong. Yep. Um, and my information was pointing me towards C-10, 11, and 6 all being off. Which was correct. C-10, 11 was the drunk. They were just offered different reason other than being evil. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, which is, you know, is something maybe the storyteller could have given them a drunk one. If they had gotten a drunk one of the saint, maybe that helps them look good, which in turn makes the recluse look good. Yeah, it's possible. But uh, in this uh, case, you know, the storyteller was... You they know, made the choice, which is a good yeah. choice. <laughs> yeah, like, making a choice. The choice to protect the demon and give the empath a zero on them is never going to be wrong. If you're making the choice to drunk the empath sitting next to the demon, you probably got to stick with it. Yeah. Like, it, it was a read I had just on the way the bluffs and the information fell, but not everyone's going to make that read. A lot of the times it'll work out for evil better. Yeah. So uh, I think, I mean, we're, we're, we're on an hour and, and 10, uh, so I think we probably have hit our hit our mark here, Emma. Yeah, we have hit our mark. Like I said, unlike last time when we lied to you about what we were doing next, this time I'm telling the truth. We're going to do two weeks of SNV. Each week will be one good, one evil. If we start getting Grim submissions for SNV, we may even go through someone else's third Grim and try to limit it to 20 minutes each, but we'll see. Um, we'll talk amongst ourselves about who's doing good and who's doing evil next week. Yeah, we'll um, make a choice. We'll make a choice, and we'll coordinate it in advance, like we clearly do all the time. And didn't just hope on this Wednesday morning, which it definitely is. <laughs> it's definitely Wednesday, everybody. Different characters and different scenario types. <laughs> yeah, just one other little thing. Uh, we did uh, create a uh, Grim Scenarios uh, uh, text chat in the Discord. Uh, it's uh, down there under uh, with all the other Clock Tower stuff. Uh, if you do have some thoughts or uh, feedback or ideas, uh, you know, or things you'd like us to look into or you know want to ask us about, that's not just like a full Grim. Uh, feel free to let us know there. You can ping uh, myself or you can ping Emma. And, uh, you know, we'll respond. We're, we're kind of active in there. We're looking forward to kind of connecting with everybody and chatting there since we won't necessarily always be available to chat in the in the Twitch stream and in the in the YouTube comments. It's not always the easiest way to communicate with us. But if you have some ideas or you're interested in giving us some thoughts or whatever, uh, we're always happy to hear those. So, uh, yeah, I think that's I think that's I think that's wrapped us up pretty well, Emma. Yeah. And of course, if you have a Grim you want us to go through on Grim scenarios, DM me on Milk or me or Milk on Discord with your with a picture of your Grim, a picture of what you knew at the time you want us to analyze, and a short, like, paragraph-long description of what you were thinking, what you actually did, what you were wondering you could, if you could have done better or different. Yep. That's the plan for the future, everybody. So uh, I think that's it for episode two. We've done, we've done, we've done a whole episode here. This is pretty good. We I'm have. Happy. And we both won. Hooray. That's right. So, everybody, uh, from me and Emma, uh, join us next week uh, for another Grim scenario. Sexy Violets edition. <laughs> bye bye. <laughs>